Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the latest with the Michigan basketball roster. Given the recent transfer news, we will be tackling a variety of football topics from the scholarship situation to the new commits to the tight ends. All that and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Well, guys, weekly, weekly chat with you two. How have you been? Start with Ryan. Yeah, I'm kind of a little bit nervous that we we had a long pre-pod discussion today. I feel like we hopefully we didn't waste all our good stuff on the pre-pod discussion, but broke my cardinal doing... rule. That is, I mean, <laughs> aren't I the guy who's always saying save it for the pod? And here was leading us in a maze of unrelated topics. Just what it that's, that's all right. But yeah, we're we're hanging in there. You know, sunshine today. Going to be seventy degrees. So hoping to get this pod done. Maybe go for a run and uh, you know enjoy the good weather for change same yeah same the weather's been really nice the last few days and looking at myself on this zoom meeting i need a haircut but unfortunately i can't get one right now so but no things are good still healthy so healthy yeah i haven't shaved since uh in the last month so um luckily this is just the audio only that's podcast. why i wore a hat because i don't even <laughs> want to see myself just wear a hat you're all good uh okay so we there is actual some news you know in the michigan athletics world to to discuss to write about uh in the men's basketball program's case that is the news that sophomore guard uh david DeJulius is transferring uh, sophomore as in that's the season he just completed he'll be a junior next year yeah he's he's leaving he's in the trans the mysterious transfer portal um you know hasn't chosen a, a school yet but you know we'll we'll stay on top of that expect a story when he does um yeah this is this is too bad for michigan i mean he's a he was a promising local player you know detroit kid who you know grew up rooting for the wolverines you know for whatever that's worth um which i think is is something to fans and kind of his understanding of the rivalry with michigan state and, and things like that um but much more importantly uh you know the kid could play i mean he was he was a scorer a natural scorer kind of inside and out had a nice little little floater, um, you know, could shoot three pointers off the dribble, which is, you know, not true of necessarily every, uh, college guard, um, you know, still working on his facilitating, uh, you know, out of pick and rolls and stuff like that. But there was, there was promise there and there was playing time this season, 20, 20.9 minutes per game. Um, you know, first guard off the bench. And as, uh, Aaron, I think one of the, uh, you know, subscribers to the your you know Wolverine Confidential subtext asked, well, geez, wasn't there even more playing time to be had next season? Was that the kind of the gist of mm. the question? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes. You know, you're. I can't. I can't really argue with that. Xavier Simpson, the starting point guard, who who just dominated the ball for this team for really three years, is gone. He's he's going to graduate. Was DeJulius just going to be handed that that job? No. Eli Brooks is is on this roster. He's going to be a. Uh, a senior, um, kind of a combo guard like DeJulius, um, and Josh Christopher, a top 10 player in the 2020 class who's un uncommitted, but many believe are leaning towards Michigan, possibly on his way. Uh, again, he's more of a two guard, but, you know, Jawan Howard has talked about positionless basketball, maybe just playing the best five guys. Christopher's a guy that could definitely handle the ball and you say, you know, go make plays, you know, get buckets for yourself and teammates, you know, was that going to push the Julius out? I don't know. You know, it was, there was a coaching change, of course, this past, you know, a year ago, the Julius committed, uh, was recruited by, you know, committed to and played for 
a different coach his first year. That would be John Beeline. Um, but again, the relationship there with, with, with Juwan, I already talked about is, you know, open door policy and how you know, Juwan, you know, you know, kept it real with him and was honest and Julius embraced his role. I mean, he said all the right things. You know, you never know fully what's going on inside a guy's head or behind the scenes, but he's gone. Uh, what it means for Michigan scholarship situation, I think is probably what fans want to know the most. And, and now it puts Michigan at uh, that magic number of 13, which every, you know, division one program is allotted. They had, they were, they were one over essentially, if you counted all the returning Wolverines plus the five players committed for the 2020 class, that would be Hunter Dickinson, Jace Howard, Zeb Jackson, who is already signed, uh, Isaiah Todd, and Terrence Williams. Uh, that's five of them. And then you've got, you know, eight returning scholarship players now since DeJulius has gone. So that puts them at 13. And we mentioned Christopher. That would put him one over. Where, does the, is, where is the attrition coming from? Does another player transfer? Does Isaiah Livers keep his name in the NBA draft and not return? Does Franz Wagner, uh, we haven't heard from yet, um, but is reportedly, according to Juwan Howard, considering the draft. Uh, put his name in and stay there? Or does one of those four committed but unsigned Michigan prospects not come? And Isaiah Todd would be the most likely uh, to fall into that that category just given the talk about him potentially playing overseas or, or, or some sort of professional basketball route, you know, that's been swirling since, you know, he committed. That I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I'm not sure Jawan Howard knows the answer to that right now. Uh, so, you know, we've got time. We've got a week till till signing, exactly a week as we record this here on Wednesday, April 8th, um, until the new signing period begins. Um, I, I would certainly expect, you know, Michigan to get the get the guys who did commit to sign that day other than Todd. Todd is the one that I, I guess I can't say I'm expecting one way or the other, but we will see uh, how, how this all shakes out. I don't know. The last thing I'll say on this, Division One men's basketball programs over the last several years, average Two transfers per season, two transfers per team every offseason. That's just that's just the norm. I'm not saying Michigan's you know going to have a second one or, or whatever, but it's it's just how how it works. You know, guys aren't necessarily being forced out or anything like that. It's just you know the the grass is always potentially greener elsewhere. And with the Julius, there will be there will be opportunities. You know, Maryland uh, among them already. You know, another Big Ten school um, already you know reached out as well as so, several other high major teams. So. Yeah, this is just this is just the way of the world now. You you guys know this. Yeah, I guess, I guess with that said, I mean, on Andrew surpriseometer meter level, I mean, one to ten, how surprised were you with the the Julius news that he was transferring? Uh, we're introducing the surprise meter into the Wolverine Confidential <laughs> Podcast here. I'll, I'll say this, and I think I may have alluded to this last week, and it, it feels like an excuse, but it's just the the truth. There was no postseason you know, this year for college basketball. And, and that's kind of where, you know, that's where you can start to kind of take guys temperature on this sort of thing. Obviously it's the end of the season. So, you know, it's just more recent. They've had the full kind of regular season to take in how things went for them, how they're feeling. Um, and it's, you know, your last chance to kind of part ways with these guys. It's kind of a weird question to ask in December. Hey, what are you thinking for next year? You're going to, you know, transfer or whatever. So, you know, we were denied that. Uh, so yes, I would say it did kind of, kind of come out of the, the blue. But yeah, you never, you never really know. So yeah, I was, I was surprised. I mean, if you had said, give me, you know, one, one player is going to transfer again, they might have another, but you know, one player is going to transfer from Michigan this off season. I think there would have been three guys I listed before I listed him. 
and it depends if you would have counted, you know, Austin Davis before, you know, if you had asked me before the news of him definitely getting his fifth year. So yeah, as I would say, I would say it's a high number, probably, you know, possibly a seven or an eight on the surprise meter. Oh, um, whoa. And yeah. He's got potential. I mean, I heard from a lot of people on Twitter and, and, and other means like this is too, this is too bad. You know, they were, they were disappointed, uh, you know, to lose, lose a player like this, um, you know, that they'd watch for two years and kind of saw the, the potential. You, you kind of touched on the point I was going to bring up uh, it, it, him not being recruited by Juwan Howard and being recruited by another coach. Mm-hmm. And that to me is what, may, while this may be unexpected, obviously I have no inside knowledge on the program, you know more than I do, Andrew, but all this may be unexpected. I guess to me, it's not shocking just because right. in, in any sport, when you see a coaching change and guys, you know, the guys that do stick it out and stay a season, um, sometimes things just don't jive. And I'm not saying that was the case here. Um, but you're you're more likely, or let you know, you're you're, you're more likely to play to your potential and 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 want to be someplace when you're surrounded by the coaches that brought you there. And while Sadie Washington's still on staff, mm-hmm. much of that coaching staff, it's just very different. It's a different philosophy. It's it's a different um, direction. And sometimes you, you know, to, to to David's credit, you know, he stuck it out and stayed a year. Um, you know, but sometimes it doesn't work out. And I, I think I, I want to say, and, you know, I, this is me theorizing at this point, but I have to say that it probably played a big factor in his decision to, to, you know, to go elsewhere. And that happens all the time. It happens in football. You see it a lot, especially football when, when coaches change and you see a lot of guys leave. They just, you know, it's a different staff, different, different, different way of going about things. And that, that's how it works. Uh, that's a great point, especially because going back then to the surprise question, the bigger surprise was that when Jawan Howard came, you know, was hired as no time between then and the start of the season did anyone transfer. They had a right. coaching change, mm-hmm. and they didn't lose anyone. That was a surprise to me, and I, I remember writing about that. So that you know, it, it maybe just the process was was delayed a little bit. I mean, certainly you had some guys on the team where it was almost like you know there, there was really no reason for a Xavier Simpson or John Teske to to they were going to be seniors. It was going to be their last year anyway. Why why leave? Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, for some of the younger guys that, that hadn't played um, and Julius was, was among them as a freshman, you know, you, you could have seen it, but um, like they viewed it as, well, I'm just going to get my fresh start here. I, I don't have to go somewhere else to get the fresh start. I, I'm just going to get it right here. Um, the, the last thing I will say about transfers and this, you know, this could apply to other, other sports too, I guess, is the whole, the notion of how coronavirus has shaped this whole off season. Um, there's talk of, you know, the one time, you know, transfer without sitting out policy kicking in. Um, I've seen reports that that will happen potentially next year, not not coming this year. But you do wonder if more waivers will be given out just because of of what's going on in society. If it's like, you know, your season was cut short and, um, you know, all sorts of things just being out of whack for this offseason, lack of, you know, in-person contact. If If at the very least some of these players that are transferring think that that's going to be the case that they won't have to sit out next season um yeah some guys may want to just stay closer to home you know be closer to their families and, and everything else right that's a good point now you know to julius that wouldn't really wouldn't really be a factor right. given where he's from but i agree in general that that is a great point all right speaking of recruiting let's let's move over to football we talked about there was has been some news uh you know, recently, and uh, football is a sport that that would fall under that category. There are actually some players that have committed to the program recently. It just seems like it was yesterday that Michigan was stuck on two commits in the 2021 class forever, and then they've since added five, including three in the past week. Uh, the headliner out, out of that being 
uh, four-star tight end Lewis Hansen um, from Mass- St. Sebastian's in Massachusetts. I mean, he's one of Michigan's – he's one of the top re- tight end recruits Michigan's brought in in the past decade. So uh, he comes in highly touted. I, I spoke with his his high school coach uh, last week, and, I mean, this, this guy kind of did it all for, for Michigan. I mean, his first couple of years he mostly was split out wide as a receiver – um, but then, I mean, they kind of saw at, with the six foot four frame that his future was at tight end. Um, so they kind of moved him in line a little bit more. And and he said he's been improving in the blocking areas and still has a year of high school football uh, to improve there. So I think this is definitely a potential playmaker um, for the Wolverines. He's the eighth ranked tight end in the 2021 class and the top 200 prospect overall. So this, he's probably, I mean, like we've we said last week, this this the offensive recruiting class so far is is pretty impressive. Starting up front with a couple four star offensive line commits and five star quarterback JJ McCarthy, so it, it's shaping up pretty nicely. Uh, they also got a commitment from three star linebacker Casey Finney, uh, who's also from Massachusetts. He's the 40th ranked inside linebacker and 1,000 um, about the 1,000th overall prospect in the class. And uh, they also got a, a specialist commit in Orchard Lake St. Mary's, Tommy Doman, second-ranked punter, eighth-ranked kicker in the nation. And uh, I talked with him yesterday, and it sounds like he's – Powerball said he has the opportunity to, to do both at, at Michigan, and he's going to try and do both. So uh, he was 9-15 of 15 on field goals last year with the lawn of 43. Uh, he's, he kicked a 50-yarder as a sophomore, and he averaged 40, 43 yards per punt. So – Sounds like this guy's got a, a really strong leg, and uh, it's not—it's pretty rare that a punter or a specialist gets a full scholarship offer, but uh, that's the case with Doman. I'm sure I'm going to have to ask you to spell that name for me. I'm sure I'll be uh, profiling him at some point, uh, given my <laughs> propensity for the special teamers yeah. um, at some point. But Aaron, yeah, sorry <laughs> to interrupt there. No, it's this is I think the first you mentioned the you know, lack of full scholarships to go to special teams guys. The first I think kicker to get one since Nord Quinn Nordine uh, three or four years ago now. Now since then several Michigan's kickers and, and punters have gotten scholarships, but they typically have to work their way into the into the situation. Um, but th- yeah, he he looks like the real deal. I, I did watch tape on Louis Hansen, Louis Hansen, the tight end. Um, he needs I think add a little bit of weight, and he's listed at six four and a half, two twenty two. Um, if he can put on 15, 20 pounds, it'd probably be ideal, but the tape looked good. He was catching balls out of a slot. He was catching balls on the outside. He was blocking, which a lot of times you don't see in high school. Right. Uh, so I think that probably that, that settled well with tight ends coach Sharon Moore, who, who likes to emphasize blocking in the, with the tight end game. Um, so he look, he definitely looks the, the part of the Michigan tight end. And I think, you know, if they get put on some, put him put, have him put on some weight with a little development, he could be pretty good. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, this is, uh, um, you had talked about, uh, um, you both had talked about, you know, Michigan's ranking in, in the big 10 and, and nationally with recruits. And I guess if you could just do a quick explanation of kind of the, how the numbers play into that, it shouldn't be just the, the team that has more is necessarily rated, rated higher. It is, it is kind of a combination of, of the two, but it, it helps to have that a little bit of bulk in the class. Yes. To kind of get that rating up to a, to a baseline. Exactly. Yeah. So right now, right now, Michigan is six in the big 10, which mm-hmm. is technically behind, behind Rutgers right now, which well, I mean, hey, they got a new coach <laughs> doing some things. All right. 
Right. So, like, I mean, by the time all these classes are filled out, it's still early in the 2021 class. So a right. lot of uh, a lot of teams, I mean, Mission State just received their first first uh, commit yesterday in the 2021 class. And then you have Ohio State that's already at 15. So, I mean, they're they're number one nationally um, and in the Big Ten right now, obviously, with three five stars and four four stars already. So, I mean, they're they're head and shoulders above the rest. But if you go down the list here, I mean, Wisconsin's got nine commits. Maryland's got 10. Iowa has eight. Rutgers has nine. So, I mean, yeah, Michigan's behind all five of those teams right now. But in average, they're, they would be second right now behind Ohio State in prospect average. So they're, they're doing – they're off to a good start in, in the 2021 class, that's for sure. Yeah, Ryan hit on it. It's a combination of – the, the individual rating for the individual crew and then the, the volume, the number of kids committed. So Michigan's, I mean, not near the top in the big 10 in terms of number of recruits committed, but their quality has been pretty good. It's, I think you said second, right? And mm-hmm. so like once they start adding more guys, they'll, and I, I said this, someone asked me this the other day in a podcast interview and I said the same thing. Once they start adding more guys, they'll, they'll move up. They, they haven't moved up in the big 10 yet, but they're slowly creeping their way up nationally. I think they were 17 last week. Now they're, I think 14. 14 so it's, yeah. Yeah, so they're – I mean, they had a couple guys that can get in the top ten pretty easily here, here quickly. They just got off to a slow start, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That momentum is starting to gain steam here. And once they fill things out, presumably they don't get stuck with a, a glut of three-star co- uh, recruits, um, they should be in decent shape. Uh, just two things that, that, that upset me a little bit here. First of all, Ryan's implication that, that Rutgers, a team that won the national championship <laughs> in a, in a made up NCAA tournament bracket decided on by fan votes, couldn't be number one in the big 10 in football recruiting. I find preposterous. And secondly, Aaron's mentioned of a, another podcast. I, I just won't allow it on this, on this Wolverine confidential. I don't like it. And I don't want to hear it going, about it going forward. You know what you do on your own time. That, that's on you. Um, but in all seriousness, or at least semi-seriousness, um, you want to talk kind of big picture with the, with the scholarships, or is there anything more to add yeah. there? Yeah, I, I think we. I I've think got we nothing. Should. You got anything, Zoo? Oh, oh yeah. Let's, let's move on. All right. Yeah, I, I wrote about the wrote about this this morning on M Live. Uh, Michigan's recruit, or excuse me, commitments. Or not commitment. I'm still in recruiting mode. Scholarship count. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, it's a topic we discuss or we dive into pretty much every year. It's uh, Michigan, and obviously you. You have to hit the 85 scholarship mark every fall, so they've got time to hit, to do this. But right now, I went down the roster. Um, you know, I, I confirmed with Michigan's SID I'm, I'm a couple of players who I was unclear whether or not they'd be back. I was told they'd be back, so I, have a, you know, I have a good idea of the the, the 66, 67 players returning. Um, and then you got the 23 man recruiting class coming in. I counted at this point, Michigan's got 90 guys in some way. Um, you know, attached to a scholarship, whether they were part of a recruiting class, they were given scholarship to begin with, or they were a former walk-on who was awarded a scholarship either prior to last season or prior to the 2018 season. So that that's the issue here. Now, when Michigan has to trim that to 85 by the time that, that fall starts, um, they do it every year. They're, they're, it's, I would imagine at some point every season they're over nine, they're over the 85 mark. And right now I've got 90. You know, I, I count the 23 man recruiting class and you can even say maybe that could be 24 because Gage Garcia wasn't in that he's the one that's duly committed to, to wrestle and play football at Michigan uh so it, it the, the the issue so much isn't the number because they're going to have to hit the number in the fall but it's how they get to that number um, do we see more guys transfer do we see guys are, are some of these um former walk-ons that were awarded scholarships prior 
taken away. You know, I, I'm unclear how that process works. Michigan isn't really, they're kind of tight-lipped when it comes to, um, you know, scholarship counts. I remember last year specifically, I, I put in a public records request for the <laughs> number of or the list of scholarship players and they did not Michigan denied it they wouldn't give it to me and Harbaugh isn't big on talking about that stuff so Michigan has no problem letting their players announce that they've been given scholarships for the season but they don't go out of their way to, to broadcast it so we've got to it's basically guesswork you've got to go down the roster and say well who was on scholarship last year presume they're going to be on scholarship again next year and then you, you factor in the, the players who have departed of which Michigan had, I think 2021 20, depart from this after this past season, 11 of whom were, were out of eligibility anyway. Um, so the numbers to me right now add up to 90. That means they've got to get, they got to shave five somewhere. And it's, 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 I'm curious to see how that goes here the next few months. Now for me, I, I'm just speculating here. I, I noticed that you had five specialists on scholarship for next season. I think that's maybe, do you really need two punters and two kickers and a long snapper on scholarship? So, I mean, I think yes. if you're going to start anywhere, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you're going to really want to spend uh, have that allotment towards those specialist players when you can, I mean, probably best serve those scholarships elsewhere. But that, 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 that to me was the biggest thing that stood out is that you had that five, five players, uh, uh, specialists that on scholarship, which I, I don't and think will be the case come, come the start of 2020. Yep. And, and I think I mentioned earlier, Quinn Nordine was given a scholarship out of the gate when he was recruited, I think 20, 2016. Um, he is for that, and that's unclear this point whether these guys still have scholarships or not. Cameron Cheeseman was awarded a scholarship prior to last season. He's coming back for his fifth year. Does he get it again? You know, we, I guess you don't know. It, it's hard for me. From I guess from a from a from a independent standpoint, it's tough for me to watch and not watch. But like, it's interesting to see these some of these guys, maybe these former walk-ons, be given scholarships, and then the idea of taking them away from them. It's, like, does that happen? Is I, so it's. It's unclear, but there have been reports that Brad Robbins has been given a scholarship. Will Hart's been given a scholarship and Jake Moody's been given a scholarship. Uh, and that's part of the special teams glut Michigan has. I mean, they've got two potential place kickers. They've got two potential punters. Um, you can, you can almost make the argument they're, they're too deep in the special teams when it comes to the specialists. I mean, they've got, they got too many guys there. Um, so it's, it's going to be, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that. Chris, uh, Chris Evans is coming back. That was a name I had to throw in the, the hat at the last minute. I forgot about him. Like, Oh yeah, Chris Evans is back. Uh-huh. Well, he, he was on scholarship, you know, before he left prior to last season. Is he given a scholarship for a senior season? I, I would presume so, but you, you don't know at this point. Um, and then as I mentioned, there's the several, the, the other walk-ons before that, uh, that were given scholarships. As time went on, Nate Shanley, I was told, is coming yeah. back for his fifth year. He was put on scholarship a couple of years ago. Andrew Bastardis, he's a fifth-year senior. He was put on scholarship prior to last season. Um, he's expected to contribute in the offensive line. Is he is he still on scholarship again? So these are questions I guess we'll, we'll figure out. I, I don't know if we'll get confirmation on it at some point. But somewhere along the line, Michigan is either going to have to take some of these away or, which I think is more likely, you're going to see additional departures between now and the end of fall camp. It, it almost seems like every fall – either during fall camp or near the end, you see a couple of guys who you, you think would, would be in, in, in line for playing time in the fall leave. So we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I, I'm a little more familiar with basketball, but I'm it's just, I'm sure it's the same in other things. I get what you're saying, Aaron, about maybe I guess the optics to use the, the word of the time um, of, you know, a player on scholarship suddenly not being on, but it's not unheard of for a walk on, to get one for a semester or, you know, a year or whatever, and then not be, it was kind of like a goodwill. Hey, you were a walk on. This was a bonus. We had one available and, you know, 
they're not they they're not just free to give away but we you know we deemed you worthy and it's not like you're not any less worthy now but there's another player who's just more worthy i guess you know that we don't we don't have that extra one anymore um you know and and, and so be it i don't i don't find that necessarily and i'm not suggesting you find it to be um you know unseemly in any way i was just uh i i think there is some precedent but yeah it's uh it's interesting. I'm, I'm here talking about how, how Michigan basketball gets, gets to 13 from a group of maybe 14 or yeah. 15. You're trying to figure out 85 versus a group of, you know, uh, 90 plus. Uh, it is, it, it is both math. It's math that is both tricky and yet it works out. It's all, it's very simple inside the program, how they, they just they, schools make it work. You know, some, some more, it's a little, it's a little more shady than others. I would put Michigan on the spectrum of, typically not being that shady with, with this kind of stuff, but no. and, and Harbaugh and Jim and to Harbaugh's credit, he's been pretty transparent about this. I mean, I can remember a couple of summers ago and I think I wrote it in the story this morning. Uh, you know, he went on his podcast, I think in May or June and, and publicly said, you know, I, I put a list of potential players who are going to crack the 110 man roster in the fall in Schembechler hall for all the players to look at and see where they stand, so to speak. And he made a point of explicitly saying that, I think it was two years, two summers ago. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I was explicitly saying there were a couple of scholarship player guys that weren't on the roster. So that was signaling to me that, you know, it was, you know, that they were looking to create some space. So I would presume, and again, it's different now because they're not going through spring practice at this point. The schedule is so up in the air, whether they're going to play games or the season's going to happen, how it's going to work. But it, it, it'll be interesting to, to see how this, this plays out here, here in the next three, four months, I guess. And, and this is another instance where sprint, not having spring practice probably plays a role too, because they're guys that are unproven would like to show what they can do a little bit and um, maybe move up that depth chart. And then they didn't really get the opportunity in, in the spring. So uh, a lot of question marks. Before we move on, I would just want to point out real quick, I was putting together this list yesterday, just by position of guys that are in scholarship and, and their, their year standing. And, and, and it, it really blew me away at the depth and the number of bodies Michigan has on the defensive line. I mean, they've got 19 guys. If you count the, the, the four true freshmen coming in as part of the 2020 class on scholarship on the defensive line, there's so many guys. There's several names that you, you haven't, probably haven't heard a ton that have been in the program a couple of years now. Taylor Upshaw, Julius Wellskoff, uh, you know, uh, Philip Paya. He's in his, he's a fifth year or a fourth year junior. He's on scholarship. So there are a lot of guys that are, that are, that are eating up scholarships too that haven't played a ton. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this, this plays out. And meanwhile, the linebacker spot, linebacker was incredibly thin. You know, they got 10 guys on scholarship this year at linebacker, uh, four of which are true freshmen. So it, it, I guess it's not a surprise with regard to some of these spots, but some of the others are, are heavily, uh, they got a lot of scholarships built up there. All right. Well, let's get into the weeds a little bit on a position group in particular. We said we would. We are going to deliver. That is the tight end group. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'm looking I'm looking at the roster right now, and I'm seeing you know the most familiar names uh, from last year are seniors. So yeah, this is this is a group that to me seems like uh, maybe unproven but talented. Which you know, stop me if you heard that before when we've talked about some of the other uh, position groups already during this kind of ongoing series. But uh, yeah, either one of you guys want to kind of set the table uh, before we kind of get in maybe a little more in depth. Yeah, the one the one thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the, just the guys, the list of guys coming back or coming in, it, it's just not as deep of a group position group that that have been in the, in the previous couple of years. And Michigan's clearly kind of, I don't say they're not they're not completely going away from the tight end tight end position, but they're starting to de-emphasize it as much. I can remember when Sheryl Moore got hired a couple of years ago, uh, he was he was 
blown away at the number of tight ends that were on the roster and, and on scholarship. Now, not so much. I mean, they've, they've, they have two departures coming out of this year. Sean McEwen, obviously due to eligibility with the NFL draft. Uh, and then Mustafa Muhammad, who, who opted to transfer. Um, they got a couple, they got a, a good group, I think of talent guys returning, but it's, it's, just, it's not as big as it, as it once was. And I think that's obviously a reflection of Michigan's, you know, changing offense. While they they still utilize a tight end, you know, Josh Gannis still uses a tight end in Alabama, and I think they're going to still still continue to use it, but just not as, as frequently as as they were as Michigan once did. And we talked last week about the lack of depth on the offensive line. I mean, you can kind of make to the case that there's not much depth at tight end behind Nick Eubanks either. It's, I mean, Eric All's unproven, Luke Schumacher's unproven. I mean, Matthew Hibner's going to be a freshman next year, and um, although it seems like he was a rising recruit coming into Michigan. He still was only a three-star. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. But, I mean, if, yeah, Nick Eubanks is proven. But, uh, like you said, if anything happens to him, and Michigan definitely likes to use two tight end sets, sets once in a while, who's going to kind of step up and take that uh, number two job? So, we'll see. They're they're counting, I think, on one of two, you know, Eric Hall and or Luke Schoonmaker stepping up and being that number two. We heard a lot about Eric Hall last offseason, the spring and into the fall, of him being impressive in practice. Uh, we just didn't see him a ton last season. Um, you know, he, he did he did play. I'm looking at the stats right now. He did, he did appear in 11 games, but he only caught one pass. Um, it seemed like they were more kind of getting him in, in, into the flow of the offense, so to speak. Uh, but Nick, I think Michigan wants and expects Nick Eubanks to kind of break out this year. This is he could have left after this season. He, he disgusted, I guess, but he's coming. He so he decided to come back. Um, he, he played in all 13 games last year, caught 25 passes for 243 yards and four touchdowns. Most of all, the tight ends uh, partially was because of Sean McCune was injured for a couple of games, didn't play. Um, but you know, Eubanks showed at times an ability to. to not only you know block, but but catch the ball proficiently. So it, Michigan's I think counting on Nick Eubanks to have a big year, and they and they need someone else to step up there. While they're not as deep, I, I think they are just as talented as they have been in, in previous years. Eric All can be very good. He's a very athletic, tall guy. Um, he kind of fits the mold of a Michigan tight end who can be very good in a couple of years. But the question becomes: Does he? When does he make that leap? And is it is it this season? Yeah, I, I, you know, when I looked at the roster and I, and I kind of introduced this topic and I saw Nick Eubanks Sr., did I forget that he still had another year of eligibility that he was going to be using? I, I may have. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is he is coming back. So that gets you, yeah, that kind of one, you know, guy you, you've seen do it before. And then, yeah, the young, the young promising talent. So I think, I think you did a great job covering that. And you also made a great point to start, which was, does this really, I don't know, maybe this is worth exploring a little more. Maybe it's not. Uh, does the tight end matter so much with the way Michigan wants to play? I mean, we have Josh Gaddis now, modern football. Uh, Michigan was one of the few schools that, that used the tight ends. Now they could maybe have used that to their advantage to get some of the best ones out there in the country. Um, but if you're going to be running an offense that doesn't really rely on them, you certainly don't need uh, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of depth at the position. So I guess I wouldn't view it as a, as a negative uh, any of the, the the fact that maybe there, there's not uh, that depth that we've seen in past years. No, I was going to say I'm curious to see where they go with this position because obviously last year was was year one of Josh Gass. He's trying to get the, get the, the offense rolling and did a lot of a lot of changing, um, but they did still utilize a tight end a ton in Alabama. He he used it at Penn State, so it's t- it's not going to go away. He's still going to integrate it in the offense, and I'm I'm curious how maybe they change going forward. I think I. You know, watching that tape of Louis Hansen coming in, him kind of catching ball out of the slot and being that type of slot guy is intriguing to me just because that seems to be the way Michigan 
is recruiting the receivers too. They're getting a lot of shorter, faster guys uh, to play this kind of speed and space offense that Josh Gaddis envisions and has, has been rolling out. So uh, I'm curious to see if, if it, the use of the tight end changes, but at the same token, I don't think, like I said before, they're not, it's really not going away from, from using it. They're, they're, I think just maybe the recruiting philosophy might change. They might, they're looking for more versatile guys that can do more than one, just one thing um, at, at the tight end position. I think Hanson definitely plays a role in that. What another top target that they're going after Thomas Fedone, uh, he's the second rate tight end in the, in the class. He fits in under that category as well. Um, more of a receiver type and can be moved around a little bit and, and catch more passes too. So I think you're, they're looking for versatility at that position, and um, you'll start to see that reflected next upcoming years here too. And by doing that, I think you know Josh Gaddis is always with his speed and space office. He's always talked about putting defenses in conflict. And I think if you you inter, introduce some of these more athletic, speedier tight ends, you create mismatches with the defense. And I think that's kind of what Josh Gaddis is, is going at. I mean, obviously, it's me speculating. I'm not behind the scenes during the conversations, but it, a, a shift in philosophy with the tight end and how they utilize it will be will be interesting to follow here here the next season too. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the tight ends start to look more like wide receivers. The wide receivers look more like defensive backs and, and cats are living with dogs and it's just it's chaos out here. Uh, but yeah, this has been, uh, I think, a, a productive discussion, bringing you up to date on uh, the latest news and things like that. Things to sort of set the table just to keep an eye on going forward. It would always be, you know, recruiting uh, with, with both sports we mentioned, especially with signing day coming up. Uh, next week for for basketball or signing period, I should say, uh, you know, beginning again, you know, and then potential roster attrition as far as transferring or, you know, Isaiah Livers has his name in the NBA draft. I would not expect an answer on that anytime before the end of the month because he's not going to get his report back from the NBA uh, kind of assessing, you know, uh, his game before then. So he gets that back. Then he can kind of make a more informed decision. I have a story up on MLive.com today kind of hinting at what that report is going to say but yeah there's uh there's always new content of some sort on mlive.com slash wolverine so thanks for reading that and thanks for listening here stay safe